and welcome to Kvikminderpod, an Icelandic cinema podcast. I'm Rob Watts, and as ever, I'm joined by my good friend Ellie Cawthorn for another journey through the cinema of Iceland. This time round, we head to a remote cabin in the Icelandic countryside for a creepy tale of a relationship gone awry, spooky goings-on, and endless questions. In Erlinger Thorodsen's Rift, or Rokur, from 2017. The tagline for this film is no one can be trusted in the twilight. And that definitely applies to the film and its characters, played by Björn Stefansson and Sigurdur Thor Oskarsson, as well as to the director himself. Rift is available to rent or buy in the UK on Amazon, or to stream for free on Reverie or Flix Premiere. But also be warned, the version available on the player Plex doesn't have any English subtitles. So with that PSA, let us begin. We're back for episode five, Ellie. How are you doing? I'm good, thanks. How are you? Good, thank you. Yeah, I have been busy in studio for the last like two months, which has been crazy. So if Mm. anyone listening doesn't know, I'm a quiz, TV quiz producer, questions producer. So are you going to be enigmatic about which TV quiz? No, I can say. (laughs) (laughs) Tipping point this time. Um, Have you had a lot of falling coins? This series? Uh, counters, you mean. Ca- counters, sorry, of course, yeah. Yes. No monetary value. Far too many counters for our liking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's been busy, but we're nearly at the end, and I can see the light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, so that's exciting. The um, light at the end of the tunnel? Is yeah. that like in the shape of a jackpot counter? It's in the shape of Mickey Mouse, because <laughs> we finish and then I instantly go to America. So if there's any American listeners listening i will be in america when this episode drops so uh can meet up with rob in a shady motel somewhere (laughs) (laughs) uh sure maybe somewhere nice perhaps no No. i do need a real u.s experience in a motel though don't i bed bugs and yeah norman bates that kind of thing yeah uh but yeah this is episode five and uh this week we're doing a film called rift Rift or Rukur. Which I was saying to you before this recording, I feel like, just a note to Icelandic filmmakers, there's a lot of just enigmatic titles that are interchangeable. Quake, Mm. Rift, that kind of thing. Yeah, both in this series of our podcast and both like related to earthquakes. What do you think Rift means in this context? Well... Straight to the meat of the matter. Totally... Well, I think there are two obvious meanings for the word rift, which incidentally isn't what Rukur translates as. Rukur translates as twilight. Mm. Um, so they've but given... they couldn't call it twilight, else all the Robert Patterson <laughs> fans would be watching it, That's wondering true. what was happening. Although you could say it was dusk as well, so... Dusk? Perhaps, I mean, is that... That's probably worse than Equally rift. enigmatic. Yeah. But we'll get to those two meanings. I'll just do a little synopsis, and then we can very much discuss what what those meanings are. So this is a film from 2017, directed by Erlinger Thorodsen. After a concerning call from his ex-partner Einar, Gunnar takes a late night trip out from the city to the remote countryside to check up on the man he clearly still cares a lot for. While at the cabin, named Rökur, 
Strange and unexplained events start occurring at the same time the couple seem to begin repairing their fractured relationship. So there you go. So what do you think that rift means in this context? Uh, well, my choice of wording there, fractured relationship, I'd yeah. say there's a big rift between Gunnar and Aina after Absolutely. they broke up the previous sort of summer, I think they say in this film. Uh, but also there is a very big rift caused by tectonic plates. A physical rift, a yeah. A physical rift that may or may not end in death. Well, it does end in death. Let's really <laughs> I was going to say, it's fine. I'd love that if you said may or may not end in death. And it doesn't end in death. Surprise. <laughs> so check off. That would be weird. Yeah. Euphemism up there. If you're not going to say it. Yeah. Very true. Uh, so those are my two. Are there any more? What were you thinking? Uh, on, no, I think find another you, rift. I'm, I'm desperately searching for another <laughs> rift. The rift between. Uh, the real world and the supernatural. Ooh, I like that. I mean, that was definitely dredged out the bottom of the barrel. But I'll stay. <laughs> I'll stick with it. I like it. it does feed into the the film very much mm -hmm. uh, because yeah, it's like grounded in reality. But the second we get to Rukur, strange things are happening. Um, I mean, basically, the film kicks off with an image of Gunnar with blood on his hands and on his face, and we don't know what that is. But then it quickly cuts to a scene of the two of them hugging at a party, sort of, I don't know, there's something going on with them, we're not sure mm. what. Aina sort of talks about how he kind of may or may not have suicidal feelings, tendencies, and knocks a bottle off of the balcony, which could be some kind of symbol, I don't know. Symbol. Mm. So it starts like that, and then Gunnar gets a phone call in the middle of the night from Aina saying he's, yeah, uh, not feeling so great, uh, something. But importantly, not that just that he's not feeling great, importantly that he feels like there's someone else there with mm, him. That's Yeah, that's a bit spooky, isn't it? Well, I one of my central questions for you was... As a horror aficionado, hmm. even more so than me, I'm I'm medium horror aficionado. <laughs> okay. You're hardcore. Is this a horror film? Uh, yes. I'd say yes. I think so. I think it has enough about it. Lots. There's lots and lots of horror tropes. Whether it's scary or terrifying or horrific, I don't know. But it's certainly got a lot to do with like creepiness and. I, like there were a couple of segments. So I watched this also in the daytime, yeah, <laughs> but with the curtains sensible. closed. <laughs> um, so I, I shouldn't have. But there were a couple of sections I think we'll discuss later that I did get genuine chills. Ooh, okay. It's always the spooky ones that get me. We'll talk about them later. Yeah, sure. Uh, but he gets this call while he's lying in bed with presumably his latest partner, his most recent relationship. And he gets the call and he decides to just jump out of bed, drive out to the countryside to this remote house that gave quite midsummery vibes, I thought. Yeah. All the triangles. The setting's interesting, isn't it? Because mm. we've seen a lot of remote Icelandic houses. Sure have. Over the series. <laughs> I've forgotten how many. And there could be a lot creepier houses than this one. It's like, say, kind of triangular mid-century though really it's not doesn't feel like really old and crumbling and no. creepy the creepiness emerges from what happens really 
the setting doesn't feel inherently creepy. Did you agree? Not the home setting. No. It's not. I mean, there are buildings that we see later on that are far creepier than the home yeah. in which they spend their time. But you could easily have set it somewhere in a creepy house. You know, like all horror movies where they're like, oh my God, I can't believe we got this house so cheap. It's Look, it's amazing <laughs> and beautiful. And you look at it and you think, no way in hell sure. would I stay in that house. Whereas this is like, oh yeah, lovely week away in the countryside there. It's funny, isn't it? Because I'm trying to think if I've ever seen one of those kind of old wood panelled fancy homes like you see in all American horrors. I'm not sure those houses exist in Iceland. You've got corrugated metal roof houses in the city. Mm. And then away from there, you've got the old turf huts or like the new modern holiday home. But I think those like, so even, you know, like the house in Lambs, you could make that look quite... Lamb. (laughs) Combined (laughs) Rams and Lamb. (laughs) You know, like some of the farmhouses... Um, in, for example, Lamb, mm-hmm. I think you could make that look quite creepy. Yeah. Or in Ramsay, oh, yeah. kind of old-fashioned-y. Yeah, just like more? sort of concrete blocks that are uh, mm-hmm. a bit higgledy-piggledy, whereas this is very much like designed to be straight lines and smart. What's the spookiest house you've ever stayed in? I've ever stayed in? That's is something to drop mid-conversation. <laughs> oh, uh... Well, I have an actual, I do have an answer. Oh, go on. So um, with my ex-boyfriend, we got an Airbnb in the Quantox. I booked it. Ooh. Um, and it was basically a room in somebody's house and they were going to be there. Yeah. Um, but it was <laughs> like a massive, but it was like a massive Georgian house in the countryside, but like surrounded just by land. But it was like the people had had it but they were like kind of hippies. They were like, we were at the original Glastonbury's like, oh, like okay. that festival. Um, and so they hadn't had like the money to keep it up. So it was all kind of like a bit crumbling when we got there. Yeah. They were really nice. But then they were like, oh, turns out great news for you. Our friends have invited us over. So we're going to leave and you can have the house to yourselves. Wonderful. We don't lock the front door. Oh. So don't worry about it. <laughs> and it was so creepy. What would made it creepy? So like it was like three massive floors. Mm. It was um had like loads of French windows to like gardens and stuff with no curtains. Ooh. But it was like pitch black just out into the countryside where anybody could come up. It was That's such amazing. A long detour and then the start. outdoor light could come on exactly and show you like, who's like creeping on you. Yeah. And then it had. Well, it had like this attic and at the top of the attic stairs, there was a cardboard cutout of, of Mick Jagger. <laughs> <laughs> Not the most scary of men. But it like looked like a looming figure mm, at the top of the yeah. stairs before we knew what it was. And then it had this spooky like half derelict attic. It was... I was, well, I was like, when we get into this room to go to sleep, I am not leaving the room in the night. Until the light comes yeah. out. Yeah. Fair enough. That sounds creepy. And on in the middle of the countryside as well. Mm. Yeah. You can cut all of that out. The point is to say, this for a house in the countryside doesn't look that spooky. No, this isn't the Evil Dead cabin or the or any kind of cabin that we've seen in American horror films. This is very much a nice summer home. Um, but that doesn't stop it being a place where creepy and scary shit happens.
Hey, Nat! Yeah, so Gunnar gets there, and Aina, he can't he can't see that he's there, can't hear him moving around or anything. He sees some some pretty creepy swings, just mm. swinging back and forth in the wind, and wind chimes, of course, they're always a bit creepy. I've never owned wind chimes myself, purely because they freak me out. <laughs> um, but he does find him sat outside in the field somewhere. Mm. Einar's an interesting character, isn't he? Because when we're introduced to him, he's almost got like a childlike quality, hasn't mm. he? He's got kind of um, otherworldly feel almost. Yeah, he seemed, well, just physically quite elfish features. Mm. He's got exact Rob Watts hair, actually. <laughs> <laughs> it's your hair twin. Did you even notice that? I did, didn't, to be honest with you. Blonde, is that what you're saying? Yeah. yeah. Similar cut, though. Okay. But yeah, he does have a kind of elfin vibe. Hmm. But not inherently creepy himself. No. So they're meeting up and, you know, Aina's like, I didn't call you. Uh, you Something just starts feeling a bit off instantly, but you can't tell what. But we learn that they, yeah, they broke up the previous summer and they're both kind of feeling a little bit like something happened that they can't kind of forget this relationship it meant them so it meant so much to them both but something has brought them back together um when gunner gets there what were your initial thoughts do you think that aina was going to be there do you think he might have killed uh, killed himself or what no i did think that that they he would be there it, it did play out kind of how i anticipated yeah that there was this like push and pull of the question of was Einar, like, not luring him there, but, like, bringing him there as, an, as a ploy almost to get back with him? Mm-hmm. Is there something else going on? Or um, or is is kind of Einar, is Einar plagued in some way by something else? Well, yeah, I think the second that they start interacting, there's this feel of, like, something, yeah, like I said, is not right. But it's very hard to tell quite what it is. Also, because we don't have a huge amount of information about how their relationship ended, mm-hmm. which then kind of wrong-foots you. So you don't know, you know, did somebody betray some somebody else? Was it a mutual thing? Was one party, like, the, really sad about it and the other wasn't? So they're both kind of playing this game where they're second-guessing each other almost. Yeah, and that's, like, kind of the meat of the first half. of mm-hmm. The two of them getting to grips with being around each other again and like blaming or not blaming or whatever. And we never really got any information about the end of their relationship. No. I mean, we we sort of, initially it seems like, oh, well, Aina was the instigator. He ended the relationship. But later on, it seems like... Gunnar had moved on very quickly. Gunnar had moved on very quickly. He says something like he he couldn't babysit Mm. a younger guy who wanted to be out and having fun more which is why he sort of gave up on Aina and so we as an audience don't know exactly what's been going on there um, and that just keeps you kind of guessing for the whole mm. thing I guess they also fo- immediately fall into this role of Gunnar being the carer he you know cooks the dinner and yeah. he's cleaning stuff up and Aina's almost the little princeling princeling he does have kind of a little prince look about him doesn't yeah. he um yeah and it's interesting you say that he cooks a dinner because there was a point where i was like right 
thinking along the lines of the sixth sense or something. Mm. Have I seen them touch? Why is he doing the cooking? You know, is could it all be a figment of his imagination? Mm-hmm. Because there's so many times where Gunner's doing stuff and Aina could very easily just not be around. Uh, and the cooking was an example of that. Um, and then Gither, the local, the, like the neighbor, mm. she's like not that close, but keeps saying, I've not seen Aina. Is he around? What's going on? Yeah. And so for so long, I was like, hmm, well, maybe Aina's just not real. Well, not real, but, you know, he's Dead. not there. Yeah. So were you thinking about that from quite early on? Yeah, because it, it just, like I said, put me on edge slightly. The him not being there, all these little things. Yeah. And these strange moments where, well, throughout there's a, a definite don't look now. Oh yeah, well. influence where Ina's like running around the countryside in this red coat. Yeah. Um, and obviously, if you can make that connection in your head as a horror fan, you're like, oh right, so that means he is not what he seems. Yeah, he he's like a kind be... of elusive sprite. Yeah, so. a representation of something that Gunner has lost. Like mm. he's chasing this thing, and I mean, I guess it's like quite hard to tell in this film what's. Yeah, like what's real and what's a symbol or a metaphor for something going on in their heads. And it's like Gunnar is trying to chase down an answer to something and he keeps following Aina, who's like one step ahead of him around the corner, which as a kind of visual image is kind of creepy and scary. But also he never quite gets there. He's always missing. I feel like it's quite hard to have a meaningful conversation about this film in like a linear fashion because the end of so much now reflecting on earlier bits is dependent on how you interpret the ending. Yeah, that's true. Um, there are the all these threads that kind of weave together. And for me, at the end, I was left like, how are you going to make a jumper from all these threads <laughs> of wool? Yeah, like, a lope pacer. We, I've just got, yeah, I've just got a tangled ball of wool. Mm-hmm. I don't have the jumper. Uh I mean, is it successful in making a jumper out of those threads? I don't know. Mm. I enjoyed the threads. I liked stroking the yarn, but <laughs> I didn't get a jumper at the end of it. Sure. And as I've, I've said this before, but as a fan of films like Mulholland Drive, where there's no easy explanation, mm. I quite like that films do that. I don't know. I think this is a sticking point that we'll always disagree <laughs> on. <laughs> it's, a, it's not as... Um, I don't think it's quite as satisfying as Mulholland Drive by the end. It's not as surreal. It's not yeah. as it's not as open ended as Mulholland Drive. It's not as esoteric off the wall. Like all the threads seem interconnected, and I feel like we're given we're presented with kind of some options of what yeah. could have happened, but maybe we're not told exactly how they all played out. Yeah, because we've got the relationship and Aina dying, potentially. When he dies is one of the things we're trying to figure out. You've got, at the same time, this old, weird farmer. Oh, God. Who is very much... Um, creepy perv. A creepy perv. Pedophile, potentially. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that shot of Gunner going to his house. <laughs> it's ridiculous. And the cum rags. 
Yeah, I feel oh like God, that nice. was a bit of a shorthand that was too <laughs> obvious. You know, like a picture of a man next to some soiled tissues. Yeah. Is, you know, you could be a bit more subtle than that. But he was even wanking at the window. Was he? When Gunner, when he saw Gunner, I think he was just wanking at the window. He's just very horny, pervert man. He lives in the middle of nowhere, so he's taking his thrills where he can. I don't know. But that he he as a character exists the whole time mm. that Gunnar and Aina are there. Mógast út af Einari eða, veist, eða kom upp á bústað og banka og veist, eða Einari einn? Nei, eða engin sé ég það ekki nei. Ok. Takk samt. Bless. Já. Hérna, það er gamall sveitabær, hérna þrjá kílómetra suðvestu við rökkur. Þetta er bærinn að skretas. Ég hef reyndar ekki séð kallinn í smá tíma en ég veit ekki betur en að séð þarna. Hann giftist aldrei, hann greitar. Nei, það eru, það heyri svona af og til sögur af kallinum. Og ungum vinnumönnum sem komu til hans í vist. Sem hafa kannski farið fyrr heim eða rætlu. Við segja allir að kallinn hafi verið svolítið þreifin. to ask you what you thought the old man's role in this whole shebang was uh well it all depends on the ending i because the old man could be really pivotal or he could just be a complete like red herring so you've got on one hand a pervert who we've seen in the film sort of act creepily act slightly violently we're told that young men go to his farm and then leave suddenly without yeah, warning and Gither says something about him being kind of hard to keep track of and kind of unpredictable and just a bit odd as an old man um so he's there in one sense to be like oh someone to be wary of but also someone we can blame certain events on potentially certainly at the end in the rift so throughout as well We'll get to the rift in a moment. Okay. We see a man in a in overalls or a, or a shadow of a man yeah, like by the roadside. Figures just in the dark. In the dark. Mm. Do you see that as this man? No, Well, not Lurking on the side about. of the road, I don't think. I'm not sure about some of the things Gunnar sees while he's in the car. Sort of creeping around in the bush, maybe. I mean, there's so many threads here, right? 
as you say, we come back to the the scene in the rift at the end, but we have the old man, right? Mm -hmm. He could be popping up behind trees by the side of the road. We're told in the gas station. Oh, wow. I love that scene. Don't, don't get, pick up any hitchhikers. Yeah. Can we just talk about that scene for one second? Mm. What? <laughs> what is that girl? What is the girl perfor- doing? Really strange performance. Is and... it a strange performance, or is there something going on there? I've I've got literally no idea. Is she is she real? She must be real. But I just feel like why is she acting so oddly, just staring at Gunnar, mm. like almost like she's seen a ghost. Are or... you leaving town soon? Yeah. Good. Don't pick up any hitchhikers. It was very, very weird. I liked it because it was just completely bizarre. Mm. But I'm not sure what it served other than to make us feel a bit more creeped out on on edge. edge. Yeah. But also, an alternative interpretation of that is this old creepy dude is the one waiting by the side of the road who's Mm. kind of very fast at moving around. So when you turn around, he's not there. Scurrying away. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Maybe. He is also, you know shady dangerous so Mm. she's like don't pick up hitchhikers because it'll be him yeah possibly and another thing that we have to talk about is this mysterious imaginary or was he friend lemoy lemoy what a weird name (laughs) it's like leroy and something else leonard nemoy yes that's (laughs) yes that's what i'm thinking of yeah i mean it's interesting isn't it because Aina talks about have, growing up having had an invisible friend and an invisible friend that led him to do things that were dangerous to him, like took him out into the field where he could have died, like fallen into the rift, where we hear a creepy story about some sheep going cannibal. Yeah, cannibal sheep pit. Yeah. Um, so what is li- why in the first instance did Aina summon an invisible friend and what was Limoy's purpose? And why is that happening? What is going on mentally in Aina's mind as a kid that he invented this friend who was kind of malicious in a way? Mm. Um, We have to say, like, this is... It's not overtly a gay film, but it certainly deals with gay themes and doesn't shy away from talking about their relationship. And Aina talks about the stress of coming out Gunnar has that incredible scene in the bed where he's just Mm. talking about his first time and how horrific it was. Mm. But I wonder whether Limoy is sort of a, I don't know, a a construction for something Mm. Aina is repressing or... Possibly. Because also then Limoy takes on like a new form or shape when there's this creepy house, which to me feels quite pivotal. Now, which creepy house? (laughs) Are we talking about the creepy house the farmer lives in? Or the one that they explored on their trip. The one that they explore on their trip. Yeah. So ultimately, there's a kind of like, again, there's just so many things to try and (laughs) and pick what they all mean. So this derelict house, which has like a kind of double wall in it. Yes. Like a a wall with a hidden wall underneath almost that's been smashed through. Mm. They explore it the first time. Blah, blah. somebody kind of comes and something happens in there but again unclear they hear noises through the wall oh, yeah. that are unsettling and then when Gunnar comes back a second time is it a second time or is it just the same time it's a, se- a different oh, time it? okay after Ina's gone missing 
Mm-hmm. Then there's that bundle of rags in the corner that's br- like breathing. Oh, sorry. I'm thinking of another creepy house. <laughs> oh, God. The creepy house no. I mentioned when they go on their trip is oh, the sorry, I ruins. <laughs> but you're talking about the abandoned houses. Yes. How can I forget those ones? They're the... <laughs> I was thinking of another creepy house um, <laughs> where there's this bundle of rags. Yes. That this really... This that was a good moment. Actually really Jump freaked scare. me out. Yeah. Um, that then kind of is saying, who who's there? And he says, it's, it's Lemoy. It's mm. like this kind of crazy off the wall theory. I'll just throw it out Ooh, there. Oh, please. Lemoy wasn't imaginary. Okay. Lemoy grew up with Einar. Yeah. Or like was a child there that was then like kidnapped by the creepy old man, hidden. Wow. <laughs> you're giving me a look. <laughs> hidden in the behind the double secret wall, and yeah. died in there, and is now like haunting that. And so, or no, actually, oh I've fleshed God. it out better. Okay. So he was an invisible friend, but he was actually a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So. Okay, I, so like, I prefer was, the ghost option. Okay, so there was a boy called Lemoy originally. Yeah. He got kidnapped by the creepy old perv man, yeah. locked behind the double wall, mm-hmm. died in there in that yeah, back there bundle is a of rags. Yeah, mattress and chairs. Exactly, and, it looks like, yeah, like a weird prison cell. A little cell. bicycle that he might have played exactly. on. Yeah. And then he's like a ghost that was like luring out Einar to like come play with him. Yeah. You know... We all we all play down here. What what is it from it? Oh uh, <laughs> no, you'll float too. Yeah, yeah, we all float down here. You'll float too, like that. <laughs> so he lures. He's gonna lure him out so that he dies. So that he's as a little boy got a playmate ghost. This is a good theory. I like it. I mean, it accounts for certain supernaturally type things that are going on, mm-hmm. like the whispering behind the door that never closes properly. Yeah, we hear noises at that house at Rucker. We, yeah, we hear, we just, there's just some weird, unexplainable shit that definitely a ghost could be the answer to. In the question of unexplainable Mm. sequences, (laughs) the sequence that freaked me out the most, and I did actually genuinely unsettle me. I think I might know the one. The GoPro sequence. (sighs) Wow. Yeah. So the GoPro sequence, so... Gunner goes out in the middle of the night to try and find Aina again because he keeps fucking wandering off. Um, I did feel, just very side note, that it was too long and there's yes, a lot agreed. of like wandering off, coming back. Oh, I thought you were gone. No, oh, you're actually here. Yeah. Well, and again, yes, it certainly is. It could have done with a bit of tightening. Mm. But he doesn't need to walk out so many times. But I guess it's adding to the kind of confusion of whether Aina is even there. But the GoPro he finds on the floor outside the house. After seeing the creepy possible old man yeah. or not figure mm-hmm. in the dark. Yeah. So whose is the GoPro? Because on the GoPro, you see Aina looking like setting it up mm. himself in the house with Gunner. When they've just spent that night together. Yeah. He's not asleep, is he? He looked quite like sleepwalky. But then how would you set up a GoPro? Pro well, I don't know. Walking. We know he can sleepwalk because there's a great jump yeah. scare when his gunner's looking out the window and he just strolls by in his pants. <laughs> but genuinely, I sat there like, something's going to something's gonna pop out. I'm definitely going to jump. And I fucking jumped out of my skin seeing a, a, a just a pant, a, just a, 
a pants wearing a pant. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah the gopro thing though i'm not sure who's it who it be- belonged to but the footage on it is clearly current but again why did i why did i not film that i don't know but if he did film it well, then he can't possibly have been dead at that point well unless the ghost he was like entranced by the ghost Lemoy to to go to the abandoned house which is where the gopro goes and then he meets the old man at the at the house oh yeah that's fucking weird but well. again this doesn't make sense because the most ugh, unsettling moment of the whole film oh god yeah which really properly and in night, night vision, vision as well always night vision but really got me was when he rewinds the tape yep. oh my God. and sees a hand coming out from under the bed that he's asleep in. One of the best scares I've seen Ooh! in ages. That was hideous. 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 Do you know what Very that made wreck. me think of? Oh, it made me think of Creep. Yeah. You know yeah. where... The Creep... Um, I can't remember which one it is. It might be... Not the one, one about the tube, though. You're talking about the, the no. cabin and the guy who wants the to film. The cabin, Peach Fuzz. Yeah, that's the one. Oh, God. Um, where he's like, films him asleep. He finds a tape of himself asleep. But th- this idea of being filmed in your sleep, mm. like, is so hideous. It's horrible. But to see yourself sleeping... And then see this hand come out from under the bed in which you are sleeping. <laughs> Fuck me. Like a proper got shivers at that moment, like goosebumps. I am so happy that my bed has drawers under it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nothing could get in those drawers and stay there. No. Oh, don't. I'm going to... No, to be honest, there's so many jumpers and coats in those drawers that nothing could get in them. Yeah, okay. So it's actually fine. It's a safety measure. Yes. All the mess. As long as that helps you sleep at night. Um, but whose hand is it? Well, exactly. Whose hand is it? Because... Oh, I'm trying to work this out. Because at the end of the GoPro sequence, we see... A pair of feet, like... Yeah, so what we think is Anus' feet and, and the, the old, old man's man. feet. But the old man could have got out from under the bed and followed him, I guess. Was that... Do you think that hand popped out the first time that you watched the film through and you just didn't notice it? I don't know. I didn't actually or did go it... to it and rewind to check. But No. Which somehow makes it so much more creepy that it was there all along and you didn't notice it, if so. Yeah, I think it must have been there the first time and he didn't notice because he wasn't paying attention to that. Mm. Uh, you are definitely br- drawn to it the second yeah. time. So the GoPro, so we, it's, it's so, <laughs> so I think in my mind, it all builds up to the old man being a culprit to the thing that happens in the rift, which we will come to mm-hmm. in a second. But the, <laughs> the GoPro footage is Aina setting it up. Mm. We see him film gunner in bed then presumably wander off in the middle of the night but go to the abandoned building that's lit up inside is that the is order it? of events because it it's in color isn't it no it's like or a is green it still in still in night, night vision, vision oh, yeah. okay sorry that's mis- me misremembering yeah so it all happens at the same time so i guess the old man could have because he arrived second doesn't he yeah he could have been under the bed oh, oh the whole God. time that he was explaining his I don't know. Losing his virginity and then having sex with Aina. Possibly. I feel like that makes... But then makes... what's compelling Aina to film this weird GoPro footage? Unless he is like in some kind of sleep trance thing. Yeah, that's a good point. At least that is a reason for it. Because otherwise, what is he doing? <laughs> <laughs> Unless he plans to 
film himself offing himself? I don't know. It's a really strange moment. Like, perhaps it was literally there just to give us that hand jump scare, which, to be honest, is fine. It's worth it. Because it was worth it, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, I guess that points to a deeper feeling that I have about this film, that there were loads of kind of nice moments, nicely done moments and effective mm. moments. Yeah. That maybe just didn't really add up to a greater sum of their parts. There were nice parts, but... Sure. I think that's the thing about an unsatisfying conclusion, which we will come to, and I keep saying it, but before we get to the end, like the other things that build into this kind of sense of tension or creepiness, like we have to mention the landscape, mm. as we always do. I got very, very much vibes of I remember you, uh, mm. like this remote house, the low light. Um, and it, this film doesn't exploit the landscape in the way that some films do. Certainly not films we've watched don't do that, particularly Icelandic films. But like, you know, American films come in and rinse the landscape for what it's worth. Uh, whereas this one's quite subtle with it. And it mm. has some really beautifully composed shots. The The kind of cinematography is kind of that indie haze. Mm. Like it's very much a kind of, no, this isn't bright and colourful and... I don't know, primary colour horror. This isn't Evil Dead. But the shots of the mountains in the distance, you just get this sense of seclusion and, you know, anything could kind of creep around. And it does. And it bloody does. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the music as well. It's like very much like the very horror movie music. That's what adds yeah. to the sense of extra creepiness. That it's almost like the music is kind of trying to send you down this horror narrative mm. that may not actually exist. I think it does exist. There's enough I suppose in it depends the horror, yeah, which horror you're talking about. But I love the kind of piano uh, and then... <laughs> it's <laughs> not Harry that. Potter? <laughs> um, and also the strings, which were very kind of psycho-y. Mm. Um, it was very effective at kind of creating that, building that tension. Yeah. After the GoPro sequence, he's encountered this strange Lemoy bunch of rags thing that then almost explodes. Oh, yeah. And he falls him. back. He falls back. Then he heads out to the fields. Yes. Um, and as he's walking around, he comes up against one of the rifts. 
looks down into the rift mm. and sees Einar lying there. Yes, that's right, of course. So yeah, so then Gunnar goes in and we're like, right, okay, so is that Aina? Looks very much like it is. How long has he been there? Um, what happened to him? Because there are many things that could have happened to him at this point. Lemoy could have led him off and he could have accidentally fallen in the rift. It doesn't look that deep, though. Um, he could have jumped in. Again, it doesn't look deep enough to... But Gunnar can get in and out. So Yeah, he climbs down. It doesn't yeah. mean that you can't fall off a ledge mm. a bit further along and hurt yourself. But Gunnar gets in and you get like this moment where it's like, ooh... Aina's not moving. Is he dead? Is he asleep? Who knows? And then the bloody old man shows up, doesn't he? <laughs> See, I have to say, I felt like after the GoPro sequence and the spooky exploding bundle of brags, mm. I was really on edge because they were genuinely unsettling. Yeah, agreed. And and then for me, it all went a bit off the boil when the old man popped out of nowhere with his Stanley knife. Because like, Come on, what he first of all, he wasn't as scary possibly as he could be. Secondly, um, a Stanley knife, what are you gonna Well, I mean he cut him up pretty good. Yeah, but again the blood is quite is quite kind of ketchupy. Do you think? I thought it was quite decent looking. I don't know, just something about the that sequence didn't quite have the same haunting quality mm. maybe it was yeah. too maybe after after everything being a bit unclear and elusive and and supernatural it felt a bit physical yeah okay i think we sounds like we were both like in it for the kind of weird creepy stuff and not just a guy being a murderer yeah which in my opinion is how it ends so you think that so the suggestion is that the um, Einar was killed with a rock yeah, because his, his head has blood on it and a rock, a rock has, has blood, blood on it. it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> two plus two equals four. Did the old man kill him? I think so. And I think quite recently. So after, so he wasn't a ghost the whole time that... Uh, well, no, I think I'm going to... I'm going to... Put your flag in the sand. Put my flag in the sand and say Einar was there the whole time. He, yes, he was weirdly just wandering off sometimes sometimes he's sleepwalking he was in a weird state of mind wasn't yeah he? and that led him to the rift where the old man capitalized on the chance to kill him perhaps aina turned him down i don't know mm. um but certainly the old man over the head with a rock that's why he also tries to do to gunner in kind of trying to get away with it in a way he's an absolutely rubbish murderer like, he has Gunnar, like, mm. kind of pinned down to the ground and then it's just like, bye. Yeah, and then he runs off, but he goes to get Maybe, a rock, doesn't oh, right, he? right, okay, yeah. I mean, yeah, not the most well thought through murder attempt. Mm. Unless, do you remember that um, Einar is always like, oh, do you remember last time we were here, what happened on the last day of our trip? Mm. And they never really, like, pin that down. But is that... What is that? You know, I was saying about this other abandoned house. Is that the last day of the trip? Because he talks about on the beach, they talk about we went and found this abandoned house. And I feel like that was the last day of their trip. And they found this house or the, the ruins. And then Gunnar had a weird experience. Mm. Was that the last day of the trip? 
Is that the thing that they need to talk about? Is uh, this is, but this is because I me, was thinking, is is Gunnar going to realize that he actually murdered Einar? But yeah, okay. Like they had a breakup, it went bad. Gunnar boshed him in the ridge, the rift. Yeah. <laughs> Bosh- <laughs> Gunnar boshed him in the rift. <laughs> it's, it. it's a great you, phrase. You can, <laughs> you can just leave that in. Um, and then basically le- disassociated, left his body there went off and lived his life and then kind of came back and was like, oh, I need to process this. And it all led him. It was Einar's ghost. And it all led him to the finding the body, which was the conclusion. I quite like that, except that the body clearly hasn't decomposed like it would have in like nine yeah. months or whatever it is. Or four months, I don't know. Although, would it be very it? cold out there? Would it be frozen? I don't know. Maybe. Um, I like the idea that Gunnar is dealing with his own repressed memories and perhaps conjures the ghost of Aina so he can talk it through. And that whole scene in the bed is him finally getting his his emotions out and telling that story to be free of it. And once he's said that, actually, he can deal with the fact that Aina is now dead as well. And every, all that weight falls from his shoulders. But I still, I don't know, I still feel like Aina was there. Because otherwise, what's the point of the murder of man? Is there still space for another theory? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so when the last day of the trip, right, mm-hmm. where they go to this ruined house, Gunnar has an experience where he sees a young boy. Yes. Who's that young boy? Limoy. Do you think? So I know like, sees you've seen Limoy too, because Limoy is the ghost. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically, because the old man has killed Limoy, He's kind of got the vibe that they're onto, well, not onto him, but you know, like that they're. Lemoy's got the vibe that they think. No, the old. So the old man killed Lemoy, or okay, kept yeah, him prisoner, okay. and he yeah, died. Yeah. Then he's got a sense that someone's going to sniff him out, because Einar's communicating with Lemoy, isn't he? And Gunnar is too, because yeah. he sees him. Einar's like had that connection with him as a ghost. They're hearing him and blah, blah, blah. And maybe he, the old man's hearing him too. So he's like, right, I've got to kill them. So you think Einar and Gunnar are both alive, both real. And there's, Limoy is this ghost that's yeah. sending them to the, their deaths at the hands of the No, man. he's not. Because that would make sense for Limoy. Because mm. he's malevolent. He's sent Einar to die in the rift before. But I don't think that's malevolent. I think he would have sent him to die so he could have a friend. Oh. And maybe he's not sending them to die. Maybe the old man is like, they're getting too close to the truth. I'm going to have to kill them. I mean, if any of that is <laughs> true, there's a I lot of missing it. information in this film. <laughs> <laughs> I think maybe we're being too literal. I think there's enough thread, as you say, mm. to pull in each of these directions, but never quite get to the end of the ball of yarn so annoying though i can't deal with that yeah i i mean i do agree it's not i know i need to just grow up no that's okay if a film doesn't make sense you're entitled to be unhappy (laughs) with it for sure but you tell you what makes even less sense to me why does he pick up a hitchhiker who is the hitchhiker the old man you think so gonna sees an the old man who he's just nearly been killed (laughs) by yeah i didn't get this either and then picks him up. Why? Because then he can kill him as well. What? For answers. 
maybe. He's just tried to kill him. <laughs> <laughs> Who is it then? Who's it the hitchhiker? Limoy? The girl from the petrol station? <laughs> Either? There are only like four people in this film. I would love if it was the girl from the petrol station. But I don't think it was her. This whole thing has been orchestrated by the girl from the petrol station. Don't go picking up any hitchhikers. <laughs> wink, wink. Oh, God. But who? But Einar's dead, so it can't be him. And he's no. not wearing a red coat. Lemoy is not real. <laughs> it can't be him. The and he's also man... a child. Lemoy's a That's child. That's true. It's the old the man. The old man has just tried to kill him. And he's also free of the baggage that was weighing him down. So why would he then be like, oh, yeah, I'll bring the old man in so he can kill me now? Mm. I mean, also, even when they're in the rift, they don't really have any chats. I feel like if this old man was like trying to kill me and I thought he'd killed, I'd be like, have you killed hit my friend, Ina? Why did you do that? What do you want? Like, who are you? What's your problem? But then perhaps keep, the director is keeping the old man quiet so that he's effect, more effectively creepy. I don't know. Yeah. Um, It, it would be nice to hear him speak. Mm. Uh, but... I, I just don't know. I don't know how to conclude the film. All I know is I believe Aina was there the whole time and now he's dead. I don't know why Gunnar wants to pick up whoever the hell he's picking up. Do you know what? I feel like I was annoyed by the lack of resolution. But debating this oh, has been more fun. <laughs> exactly. It, that's one of the great things about uh, open-ended films. And like I went on Evolution of Horror to discuss Mulholland Drive and just chatting it through... It just opens up so many more like avenues for, mm. of thought and reasons for why things happen. And it's, I think Marlon Drive makes sense to me now. You've got the answer. I feel like I have. I mean, I can't explain it to you in like a second, in a sentence, but. Has David Lynch said there is like. Well, yes. There is so an answer. He's alluded to it and he has, there is a list of 10 clues, he says, to help you find the reason, the meaning behind mm. the film. So if you do require an understanding of the film beyond what you've taken from it. Maybe rewatch it, then look at the, I think it's the Mulholland Drive website, or it might be on the Blu-ray. 10, ten things to uh, bear in mind as you watch. So I wonder, maybe director Erlinger could do that for this film. Tell yeah. us the 10 things we need to pay attention to in the film to, un to decipher the film's meaning. Not going to lie, I think I've already worked it out. My theory yeah, from de earlier. Definitely. <laughs> it was Ghostly Moy. It was an evolving work in progress, but I got there in the end. I feel, yeah. Did you? Mm. Okay. Um, you know, it's somewhat frustrating, I agree. But what I can't what I hope we can both agree on is how good both Bjorn Stefansson and Sigurdur Thor Oscarson are. Mm -hmm. Like they captivate you the whole time they're on screen. Their performances are very natural. Mm. They seem like a real couple i think they held considering the film is a bit too long they held mm. my attention the whole time i believed in them yeah definitely. i cared for them and their uh experiences and uh, there wasn't too much horrory acting actually there wasn't like loads of there was no screaming, screaming no. yeah uh, they and were weeping and crying it was fairly yeah. understated when it came yeah, to the restrained. moments yeah restrained i yeah they were very good um so yeah uh, anything you wanted to mention other than that? I mean, I've got a few bits just that I want to shout out about. One the, question I had. Yeah. Oh, please. Why would you eat steak 
with like a packet of crisps. <laughs> was it not popcorn? Because <laughs> my question was... No, it was those I, little thin um, crisp sticks. Oh, were they chip sticks? Oh, I do like yeah. those. Um, I tend to drink them out of the pack. Uh, I don't know. But he's barbecuing in the winter in the garden in the dark? No. Don't I f- bother. I don't know whether, and maybe one of our listeners can tell if this is an Icelandic thing, because I feel like I read that in a, in a Ragnar Jonasson book. Someone barbecuing in the middle of the darkness in the winter. Is that a thing that seems Icelanders quite do? Icelandic? I mean, it's strange, but kind of cool. I would love barbecue anytime, to be honest. Um, the Cheerio cock. That was fun. Do you notice that? When Gunnar gets to the house, he's he just wandering around seeing all Aina's stuff. So he's been there recently. Um, so I don't think he could have been killed back in the summer. Anyway, just on the table next to his MacBook is a little uh, cock made of Cheerios. Oh, and a little yeah. little milk stain, which I thought was very I funny. I know what you mean. There was lots of wanking in this film, actually, wasn't there? <laughs> Weirdly, like Gunnar twice gets interrupted. Yeah, an unnecessary amount of time when you're just staying with a friend in emotional distress, I think. Yeah. Or well, maybe that's the reason. Maybe Aina isn't there. I don't know. I'm going to stop questioning <laughs> Aina. I also liked the um, the reference to the dating apps and how there was only one gay within yeah. 50 kilometers. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you just got to take that, haven't you? He's the only option. He's the only option. So obviously... And... <gasps> Oh my god! I just have you thought? Have you solved the film? I've thought of another thing. Go on then. See, I should have watched this twice. You watched it twice. Why do you not think of these things? Oh uh, well, I watched the first time like a year and a half ago. Come on. So the Einar said, "Okay, right. I matched with one guy, the only guy in yeah. like fifty kilometers. Yeah. I turned up and oh, he wasn't who I thought. Oh, he that's was. true. Yeah. What if he was the old man? Oh no, there's no way that old man knows how to use a dating app. <laughs> But it could be another guy who Come came on. in the middle. Why, of, like, would it, why would it be referred to this one? And he was, seemed unsettled by it, didn't he? He did. I mean, he got catfished. That is unsettling. It's that. It's I think the it's old, the old man. man. I bet they met at the petrol station. Mm, I just don't believe that man is how to use a phone. <laughs> <laughs> um, but maybe I like all these theories. I want. I want to hear another one before we finish. <laughs> Hvað Þegar ég væri aðeins dramatískari núna, þá myndi ég kýla þig. Kvöldum við síman. Kvöldum við síman, Einar! Nei, glætan! Not much else uh, to say, although, again, this is a film set around Christmas, just for mm. a change. Uh, great knitwear. Mm. And also, because I've listened to plenty of Icelandic Christmas songs now, I was quite pleased to hear, I can't remember what the title is, but the song that goes, Jólin, Jólin. <laughs> And so I googled, and it's the Christmas album by Ellie and Valdemar or someone. So I've now got that added to my Spotify. Christmas classic. Yeah. 
amazing. So yeah, enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, even with the slightly frustrating ending. But what, like it's one of those that is worth a second watch for that reason alone. Yeah, and and maybe if anybody is watching it for for a second time, they can then point out to us all the bits that the clues that we missed. Yeah, that'd be great. Get in touch on Twitter uh, or Instagram where we're at Quickmindapod. That's K V I K M Y N D A P O D because we love hearing from you. So that's that. That's our discussion of Rucker. But before we go, I wanted to talk about this new Icelandic TV show, which is on. It's on in Iceland, but you can watch it in the UK. One of our followers on Twitter, C. Carling, pointed out that this show, After Elding, is on Ruv, which is the national public broadcaster in Iceland. Uh, and it's about this hand, this women's handball team that, get, <laughs> that end up being coached by a kind of washed up old handball player from the 90s, a male, mm. played by... Ingvar Sigurdsson. Of course. Honestly, this is the most stacked cast ever. I've only watched four episodes so far. And I tell you, it's so good. It's Mm. funny. It's dramatic. It's it's really, really good. So Ingvar Sigurdsson, you got Svandis Dora Einos Dottir, Thorstein Bachman, Nina Dog Philippus Dottir, Steinan Olina Thorstein's Dottir. I mean, the list goes on. So where can I watch this? So if you go to the RUV website, R-U-V, dot is i think uh and then click on the the bit that says watch i think because you can translate it into english uh and you can just watch it on there and there are five episodes up as we record this so i'm looking forward to number five because four ended on a good cliffhangery type thing um but it's really really good properly funny properly dramatic and it's created and directed by Hafstein gunnar sigurdsson who did under the tree which Comedy I bloody loved. Yeah, like it's not dark, not as darkly funny as that film, but it's it's really good. So highly recommend for you and for anyone mm. listening. And it's actually amazing that you can watch something from Iceland for free in the UK. Um, and if you trouble, if you have trouble watching it on your browser, you watch it on Firefox. That's how I got it to work. Maybe we should do a bonus episode on it. Maybe we should. You have to watch it first. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'd love to do that. How many episodes are there? There'll be eight in total. So yeah, keep your eyes peeled for that. Search it out. Yeah, it's great. One more piece of promo. Hit me. The trailer for The Meg 2 dropped today. <laughs> God, I wasn't expecting that that's no, where you we were. were going with this. Uh, but obviously it stars Jason Statham. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we recently did an episode for Flixwatcher podcast with The Stath. So if you're feeling like you might want a bit of a Jason Statham action, go watch Crank and Did- then go listen to our episode. You've made it sound there like we recorded an interview with Jason Statham. Oh, no, we didn't do that. (laughs) (laughs) That would be cool, though. For your ambiguous phrasing. We should just let that stand. Let people believe we had the Statham. Yeah, and then get very (laughs) disappointed when when we don't. Um, Funny, though, The Meg stars um, Olafur Dari Olofsson. Oh, so Icelanders everywhere. Popping up everywhere. I know. That's the self-promotion over. So um, thank you very much, Ellie. Uh, And we'll do another one when I get back from America. See you then, partner. Uh, Are you going to go? Are you going to go? Yeah, I'm going to go. Okay, good. Okay. Okay, thank you. Don't take Okay, so have Ellie and I successfully solved the film? Or did we overthink it? 
If you've got answers we should know, then please share via social media or email us at kvickminderpod at gmail.com. Personally, I think we were pretty thorough and incredibly clear with our guesses. Well, maybe not, but I think we can all agree it's a well-mounted and acted film with plenty to mull over, which is one way to spend lonely nights in a countryside cabin. We'll be back for another episode when I return from a month in the US, but before that, I just want to say thanks again to all our listeners the world over. Shout if you're in America, I'll be around in June. But also, I want to say a special thank you to those who have supported us by donating to our Ko-fi page. Your kindness really does make it easier to run the podcast and lets us know that we're doing something right. If anyone else would like to support us, then please head to ko-fi.com slash kvikmindapod. That's K-V-I-K-M-Y-N-D-A-P-O-D. See you soon. Tak. God bless. Thanks and goodbye.